Okay, good day. Welcome to the Great White North. Go. Go again. Okay, good day. Welcome to the Great White North. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? And whoa, you, did you hear about what? Well, you can tell. Okay, you hear about the guy who, like, uh, was over the beer, eh, and, like, went to drink and then did the stupid thing of looking in the bottle and, whoa, there's a mouse in his bottle, eh? Real, real, real mouse. Well, I guess it, it was dead, right? Drowned from yeah. beer and drunk, too. Drowned like it, happy, it died too. It from, had a smile on its face, eh? It died he from drunk driving in the bottle. But you know what the guy got? Tell them. A whole case of beer. Right. So our topic today is how to stuff a mouse into a beer bottle without uh, without breaking it. The its, bottle. Its bones. Right. So that they'll look at it and give you a case and not think you hose them by uh, by deliberately stuffing one in, eh? It's like shipbuilding in a bottle, okay? Right. What you're about to see, you're about to see. Record. Explain it. Disprove it. We cannot. We simply invite you to explore with us the amazing world of the unknown. Hey, folks, what's up? Um, this episode was weird. Um, number one, Lobo here wasn't... At you. Were you supposed to be here tonight? I don't remember. I, I can't remember if you had the night off or not. Did no. you? So you I were supposed, supposed to be to, here? No, I wasn't supposed to be here. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm and, not supposed um, to be here now. I'm not supposed to be here next week. I probably won't be around the following week. Well, neither one of us is going to be here next week. I'm not Ugh. doing a show next week because I, I amazingly somehow managed to get a Saturday, Sunday off from work. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to... I'm going to go hang out at my, my, my buddy, John has got this giant projector that he sets up and he shows movies on the side of his house with this. It's really cool. And he just does this thing every summer where everybody just shows up, puts lawn chairs up and the whole neighborhood shows up and his yard is like a drive-in theater. It's really sweet. I'm doing um, a recital next week, man. Yeah. I figured I knew something was going on. So I was like, well, I'm just going to take next week off for myself. So we're gonna have another guest on tonight. And then he, at the last minute got sick and bailed out. And there was another guest that was supposed to be with him that I was not actually expecting to follow through who did not. So I go on Facebook and I'm like, no guest tonight, blah, blah, blah. What am I going to do? So Melissa Martell um, bugs me. I say bug, bug. I, she didn't bug me, but she said, hey, you know, have me on the show. <clears throat> and I had been on Word of the Road Go with her, I think twice, but I know at least once. And she's a really sweet girl. And I remember talking to her on there and we were on a round table and I liked her a lot. We hit it off pretty well. And I knew that she had a show. This is one of the downsides of what we do. Me and you know so many people that do podcasting now that we start to forget who is who and who <laughs> does what show. And because uh, I can I keep confusing her with another person. So anyhow, I'm like, well, what do you want to talk about? And she threw something at me and I'm like, uh, well, yeah, I was like, I had to get up for go to work at six o'clock this morning. I'm really tired. And this is last minute and I'm being a little whiny bitch about it. And yep. yeah, I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. Let's do this. You know, why, why not? Sure. Let's, let's see what happens. So we start setting up and then you're like sending me messages like, yo, homie, check your phone. What's up? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, what, what the fuck? You're supposed to be off tonight. So then I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready to record with me. You know, I'm like, um, just getting ready to record. Blah, blah, no one blah. expects it. No one expects it. You know why? Yeah, Cause you're Spanish the Spanish inquisition. inquisition. <laughs> so long story short, Melissa Martel came through and she has her podcast, which we're going to talk about. I, I'm beginning to realize that I do that twice. Now. I'll talk about it before and then during the show. Yep. So she'll talk about it when we actually do the episode. Mm -hmm. We uh, basically discuss because she's from Canada and she's from the West Coast of Canada and she lives on Vancouver Island. Is that what she said? Am I correct? I yep. believe it was Vancouver Island. 
So we just start talking about Canadian hauntings, her experiences as he, she's had, her show, her odd connections to uh, Salem, the Salem Witch Trials. And that's pretty much how the show goes. And we literally put this show together on the spot. We had no idea what we we're going to do. We just hit record and went for it. So that's pretty much it. Give it a listen. Go check her show out. She's a really, really cool, sweet girl. I highly re- recommend going and checking out what she does because it's very unique and very different. So we will see you guys at the other side. Yay. That was quick. <laughs> This week, we have Melissa Martell with us because the guest that we were supposed to have at the very last minute bailed out. One got flesh-eating bacteria, and the other one was consumed by the flesh-eating bacteria, for lack of a better term. Necrotizing infestitis? Yes, sure. Um, That's a big technical Uh word. So, Melissa Martell was like, hey, let me come on your show. And I knew who she was because I was on Where Did the Road Go With You? And we were on a roundtable together, Correct. Yeah, we and were. And no, I'm it was glad at least to help you one. with your tragedy here. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually, yeah, I've, I've actually been wanting to have you on here for a while. It was just a matter of figuring out what we were going to talk about. So why don't we just get the ball rolling here? Because we've been screwing around behind the scenes for like 45 minutes when we should have actually been recording most of that stuff. Um, tell everybody about your show and where you're from. <clears throat> Well, um, my show is called ESP Podcast Drawing Out the Spirits, and my co-host is John Chadwick, and he comes from Durham in the United Kingdom, and he runs a group called the Folk Horror Revival. I'm on that page on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I'm on that page. I love that page. Yeah, I just interviewed. That's who I just interviewed tonight about um, the witch cult events they're holding, and that's how I came about. Say, hey, let's talk about witch stuff. Um, But we're we're running this, and John is an illustrator. I do art as well, but I've sort of relegated myself to all the tech stuff and running the podcast. And we just bring various guests on, whether they're artists or musicians, or they have a book, or they want to talk on the paranormal. And our sort of catch is is that John does a lot of illustrations while we talk about their topic. And, you know, they can choose to use it or just post it on um, social media if he finishes but it sort of adds this like, because we wanted to include a lot of arts and visuals into it so it's available on podcast and it's available as um, visual on YouTube so that's what we do so do you guys cover a lot of well this is going to sound much much worse than I mean it to but do you guys cover a lot of woo woo stuff or do you interview people that have had hauntings or you know what's the scope of what you talk well, about I, I mean, <clears throat> we're narrowing de- we're narrowing it down, right? So we just started this and we're sort of getting our niche. Um, a lot of people are artists and they're holding non-woo-woo events, but we do like tales and people to come on. And I mean, we had people come on and talk about UFO stuffs where I've actually gone, what? Uh, but So I try not to be judgmental and let the person come on. But the more we go on, the more we realize that we're getting into those more art-centered thing where we're bringing artists on and they may have – you know, a story to tell, some weird thing that happened to them, but we're mostly talking about their beliefs or their practitions in witchcraft or paganism and mostly about their, um, either their book or their artwork. So, um, but we do, 
we do like people, we've had people come on and talk about UFOs and weird, si- weird sightings and stuff like that. But um, I try to be neutral, although I'm, you know, I'm, just be respectful to the guests. So if somebody comes on and tells their story and your co-host starts to illustrate it as they're telling the story then and just says, here's mm-hmm. the art from it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you met my co-host Lobo yet? Have you ever- <laughs> No, not officially. Not officially. This is Hi, my Lobo. co-host Lobo. He has many strange stories. It would be uh, cool yeah. to, to hear them well, illustrated. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, like, like, you know, we just did a podcast with John. Like we were like, okay, we don't have anyone on. What do we want to do? Let's just talk about an experience John had because he had been to Avebury and the Red Line Inn. And the Red Line Inn is where they shot the TV series, the British TV series, Children of the Stones. And he had had a weird experience there. So we just went on and talked about John's weird experience. So really, who are we to tell everybody else that they're woo-woo, right? I mean... Yeah. You know, we're talking about strange balls of lights in, in an old English pub around some stone circles. So it's not up to us really to judge. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, I can respect that. So <laughs> you um, you live on Vancouver Island then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Vancouver Island is haunted. Um. Yeah, it it is. It's um. It definitely has some hot spots I'll, I'll say that for sure so how much stuff have you experienced there well on on vancouver island i've never lived in an actual haunted location though i visit visited many locations they're supposed to be haunted and i think the creepiest location that i've ever visited was um this old gold rush town called zabalas and we had to stay in this um old hotel called the Zabalas Hotel and it would have been built in the 1920s when you know all these um, men were rushing up trying to gold pan and strike it rich and we went and stayed there and it was supposed to be haunted by um, a Chinese um, maid that worked there Susie Wu and it was a cre- it was actually the creepiest old building I'd ever been in and unfortunately it's it burnt down to the ground probably about 10 or 15 years later so it's no longer standing but it was probably the creepiest place I've been to. Any other locations that are haunted, um, I didn't. I wasn't there long enough to experience anything. Um, so there's supposed to be a lot of um, paranormal places, but that that hotel was the creepiest one. And it was in the middle of nowhere, like in a town in the middle of the mountains of like a hundred people. So what happened? Well, what, what, I can't say whether it's, it, it was real. Like, I mean, anyone could, you know, have an explanation for this, but we're not going to hold it against there, you. Don't worry. We're not, we're not going to attack yeah. you on it. You're, you're, you're safe. Here. <laughs> no, no. Um, like when we got there, I went there with my mother and when we got there, it's just this, like everybody right away, when you walk into a mountain town of a hundred people, everybody's like, who are you? What are you doing here? And why are you here? Like, yeah. that's the first thing they want to know. And we, we just said, oh, we were just really, you know, interested in coming and going for a drive and checking it out. So they were suspicious of us, like, right away. And so we went and stayed in the hotel. And I, I, I asked the owner, I said, hey, you know, is this place haunted? And he was like, well, it's supposed to, he, he admitted that it was supposed to be haunted by this maid. And they had um, news clippings. But when you walked into this building, it was really creaky and rickety. And they had what would have been like an old, um, it probably would have been the booth where they would have um, took guests or whatever. 
and it was like this old booth, but they didn't use it anymore. And they just had this fake little mannequin sitting in there. And it was just really creepy. You'd walked in and you'd seen that. It just, it looked like, like, I don't know, some kind of creepy wax museum horror. And I was like, oh, wow, way to be greeted. <laughs> so it just sort of set off the whole mood of it. And, you know, we, we went, we had dinner and drinks and whatnot. And we went up into our bed. And, you know, the only thing really to do at night in a town of 100 people for the locals is locals is to drink. So we would hear we were hearing the locals all night long, drinking you know, that, and talking that <laughs> down in the me. bar, up we, in a room. When I was talking to you before we went on the show about how I went up to Yellowknife, we stopped in this yeah. town called Whitecourt. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, when you're that far up, up northern Canada, the towns are like along the sides of the main route. So yeah. you've got all the businesses going along the stretch of the road, and then the neighborhoods are behind the businesses, and they're only a yeah. couple of blocks deep because everybody works along the roadside there. And the towns are kind of... They're, they're they're along the length of the road. They're not like spread out, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, yes, it does. So we stopped at this hotel and we're sitting up there and uh, the girls wait in our table and they gave us, we got this beer called cocaine or something like that. I, I don't know if you know what that is, oh, but uh, yeah. that's what the beer was called. And I'm like, so what wow. do you guys do up here in your spare time? She's like, oh, we drink. Um, we ride yeah. our snowmobiles, uh, drink, um, you know, shoot animals. She, she must have said drink like four times, you yeah, know. That's <laughs> I'm like, true. And it's, she's like, yeah, that's, that's of, all we do is drink. Lots of going on. <laughs> and I'm like, but, okay. Uh, yeah, that's what they did. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So, I, after she's uh, out, I'm like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. There's nothing around here but woods and pine trees. And like the, your lifeline is the is the road and all the loggers that are coming back and forth staying on and stuff. She's like, yeah, that's all we do up here. We don't we don't really have much up here to do except for drink and go ride snowmobiles and and screw in yeah. the woods. <laughs> I'm like, OK, <laughs> they don't have the money. The town doesn't have the money for you yeah. know, anything like a community hall or I don't know. Yeah. A movie. They don't have a movie theater. Or yeah, they didn't hear like either. I, I noticed that too. They had exactly. like a drugstore, a gas station, um, a whole bunch of hotels, uh, yeah. like a party store, and like four and, bars. And honestly, Rojan, this was like stepping back in time. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was like a logger pioneer woman in the 1920s or something. Oh, I was nice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty strange. Okay, so everybody's drinking. That That's where we yeah. left off. Everybody was, was drinking yep. and like you guys. We went upstairs. It was like nine, what, nine o'clock at night and I was with my mother and we went to this room with these old little rickety beds that were like single beds that there's, there's no nice, you know, like posh hotel nothing it's these old crickety rickety beds and um so we went to bed and um it must have been a few hours later because i could still hear people downstairs you know partying it up or drinking and um i was laying in bed and um i started to stir awake and when i looked up there was this figure standing by my bed or what i perceived to be figure and I, I, I happened so fast. I literally, I let out this giant scream. I, I can't, I can't even replicate the scream that I let out. I can't replicate it. I just screamed because someone was standing over me, but it was a shadow figure. I was not paralyzed. I could totally move. I jumped right up into my, like into sitting position and then it just disappeared. So I naturally thought I was, um, 
I thought I was dreaming. And then um, I just was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I hope nobody downstairs heard me. Like, my immediate yeah, thought was, was sort of like up to the I door was. and stuff, and your mom's flipping out. Did any of that happen? Well, or No. Well, I, went, I just laid back down and went to sleep and didn't think anything of it. And um, I go back to sleep, and it's passed back out. And that. I don't know why I can do that, but I just, I was younger. So I just like, oh, I'll just lay back down. I'm tired. I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> I don't know. It must have been like four hours later. I started hearing this like, ooh, sound. And I'm thinking, what, what? the hell? Like, was there it a sounds like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, apparently, when I woke up that first time screaming, because I seen that figure standing over my bed. Um, my mother had heard my, she had heard it and she didn't say anything because she was expecting me to say something. And then I went back to bed and it disturbed her so much. I looked over and that noise was her having a nightmare from terrifying her from my screams. And she was literally in bed going, and I woke me up all scared because I thought there was like a bat. I thought the ghost had come back or something <laughs> like that. So I got up and woke her up and I was like, what, what is going on? And she told me, she's like, you frightened me so bad. I, she's like, I'm ter- I can't even sleep in this place. What did you see? And I, I just like, I'm not even going to tell her that I saw somebody standing over my bed and they disappeared. I'm not even going to go there because she was literally more like terrified. And I was just scared that the locals were going to think we were these couple of people from the larger town going nuts in their hotel. <laughs> what hotel was it? Was it the Empress Hotel? Uh, no, it was God. They had that wrong direction. The Empress Hotel is in Victoria. We were up in this God, nobody knows where it is town called Zabalis. In the Zabalis Hotel. And it no longer exists. It's burnt to the ground now. And it was, like I said, this old um, hotel that was a a gold mining town. A a hotel that was, they would have built it really quick when the gold rush hit that area of the island. So, and it was rickety and old and, and we heard it was haunted. So we were like, let's go to an old gold rush hotel just out of nowhere. Well, you got and, what you paid um, for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> certainly. Yeah. Um, um, you know what? And whether or not it was a ghost or whether or not I was, you know, in the middle of a dream, I don't know, but I was wide awake and I seen something over my bed and it really did. St- I, 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 I seriously screamed, totally startled. If you were a ghost, that would be the best possible way to screw with somebody is to do the stereotypical. Because <laughs> no one's going to believe it. You know? no. Yeah, I saw a ghost and it made a noise like this. They're going to be like, right. Yeah. Right, OK. <laughs> Except for it was my mother having a nightmare. <laughs> um. I terrified her. <laughs> there is a place up there I'm that I've read about called Rogers Chocolates. Have you ever heard of that place? That's in Victoria. I have. I've I've been on a ghost tour. It's supposed to be. Um, is it really haunted? haunted? Well, it's supposed to be. Um, and the people who run it um, say that it is still that they have weird, strange things happening when they open and close. Um, I've never experienced anything in there. So I don't know, but if you go um, there, they have a ghost walk. Like Victoria is the hotspot of the island. So it's this like a, the large city on the island. So when you go in there and the ghost walking tours, they'll tell, there's one of the, the main tours they'll tell you about Roger's Chocolate. Yeah, it's that and St. Anne's Academy are the two ones. Is that what it is, St. Anne's Academy? St. Anne's Academy and, yeah. and uh, the Chocolate Place are the two ones that I always come across. And you always... 
Like, there used to be this website called The Shadowlands, I believe it was, and it was always where people could go and post, like, woo-woo ghost stories. It was before yeah. there was creepypasta. And St. Anne's yeah. and that Roger's Chocolate Factory are the ones that I kept coming across for years. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's like, is are these just, like, locations that people just say that are haunted to get people to go on the tour, or? It, it could be. Um, I mean, one of the biggest, I mean, they're saying that the original owner and his wife still haunt the location. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether they do or not, I don't know. Although on the ghost run, um, they say that that you, someone mentioned the Empress Hotel earlier. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. 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 That That's haunted. And I was on a tour with these friends and he and one of the friends came up and said, yeah, you know what? Um, I had to stay here with TELUS, which was a phone company at the time. And uh, they were I can't remember the experience, but they were convinced and they had experience where a, a little old lady knocked on their door and disappeared or and they could have been elaborating. They could have been full of it. I have no idea. But they were thoroughly convinced that the Empress Hotel was haunted. <laughs> Yeah, that's another one that pops up. There's there's a yeah. whole list of them. There's um the, those yeah. are the three big ones. Though. The Empress Saint Anne's Academy and the Chocolate Factory yeah. are the ones that everybody yeah. says. Well, if you're gonna go there, you got to go on one of these ghost tours and go through one of these places. Um, yeah, I tend to so, wonder if places like that, like this is like we were talking about Salem earlier. Like when you go to Salem and you take the any of the nine thousand witch the witch trial tours. Um, there's always spots in there where it's like this area here is haunted or that area there is haunted. And, yeah. you know, I just tend to wonder, it's like, is, is that just being done to drive tourism? And now there is a spot in downtown Salem where the, uh, there's the tombstones of, the, of of all the people that were involved with the witch trials, which is really, really creepy at night. It is th- <laughs> it is really spooky to walk around downtown Salem at night. It is a really bizarre and uneasy feeling. But the problem is, is that probably the same with these places when you go to these places in salem at nighttime everybody is there because everybody wants to see a ghost thus detracting from the spookiness of the potential to see a ghost so yeah you know it's kind of like well <laughs> well so. and i always say that like any like um like we lived in a house that we thought were was haunted when i was really young on the east coast and most most of the stuff that happened you weren't looking for it. You're you're just sort of doing your normal stuff, and it just happened out of nowhere. And you were sort of like, "What's the explanation for that?" It wasn't like it was like happening constantly all the time. It was some sometimes it would be really subtle, and sometimes it would be a little more in your face, so to speak. Like, but it was never something we were. How many things have you had happen to you? Well, I had that that I explained to you. I've had. I actually told Soraya an experience I had after my cat died. I, I always think I never had anything happen, but um, so those were the two experiences out here. And so, like I say, it could have been sleep paralysis in that hotel because I was anticipating it. Uh-huh. But um, when I was younger, we lived in a house in New Brunswick. That's where I'm originally from was the East Coast. And um, we lived there for about three or four months and we ha- we moved out because we were just having too many problems um, with um, what we thought was a haunting. Like we literally just left it. And um, the, the oil bills were getting high and we were just having too many disturbances and footsteps and doors oh, opening, okay, closing. Okay. You, you can't <laughs> say that you lived in a haunted house and then you just left it without going into more emphasis on what exactly. Yeah. Like who well, just leaves really a house? Little. I was really little. We, we, yeah, I was really young. So I, I, that's probably how I just see it, that there was lots of disturbances and we just moved. <laughs> what is, what's, what's the family say about it? You know, does... 
Does anybody in the family talk about what you because I I was on a show a couple of weeks ago and I've had a lot of experiences from when I was a little kid, but everybody mm-hmm. in the family very clearly remembers what happened, even though I don't yeah. remember that much about it. So I, I do remember things. Um, um, but I, I, I know that um, my mom was single parent at the time and um, she and another single mother um, who was uh, they had decided to get this house. And it was what it would have been like 1880s. It was built, and so this would have been in the early 1980s, like 1982, something like that. Yeah, 1983. Because I would have been six, and um, we, you know, we moved into the house like normal and got all our stuff in. And I, you know, I remember the first day moving into the house because my mom is like a massive cleanaholic, and she was cleaning everything like crazy and wiping everything down. And and I remember her saying, you know, this is so weird. The lights keep going on and off by themselves, and they weren't like your normal lights which you have today. They were like, you had to press the buttons really hard. They were like those old oh the push maybe twenties or thirties push yeah. buttons. Yeah, so you would have had to give them a good push. So it wasn't like something that could just whoops. I I, I kneeled on it. You had to really push this button. They were old and they had those old um, heating systems like with the old front like um, radiators. You know the, yeah. the cast iron. So it was yeah. We real... still got those in a lot of houses around here. Yeah, exactly. Same. And so that's boilers or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It started off like that really slowly. Mm -hmm. And then it escalated into people hearing voices and people talking to them, which I, I, none of these things are anything that I experienced. And, um, and then we would be sleeping at night and my mom would get up and she would hear doors opening and closing, creaking, opening, closing. And she just couldn't sleep. And it would, she was like, what is who she thought one of the kids were up doing something and she'd get up and then it would stop. No, no sound. And so the next, you know, two nights later it would happen again and she would get up and there'd be, you know, no sound. And she kept, she would go and oil all the doors and check them to see what was creaking or what it could possibly be. She couldn't find anything and it would happen and it was driving her crazy because she couldn't sleep. And I never, ever heard any of this. So I must be a a really solid sleeper as a kid. And so so that happened. And then, you know, it's hard for me to remember exact chronological order. But at some point, my mom's brother was staying with us. And he had to, um, he had to, he babysat uh, us one night. So it was me and the other ladies' kids. They were all working. And so he came to watch us. And um, we knew that there was, um, by this time, we were pretty sure that there was some, you know, problems in this house. And, but we just, you know, really didn't say too much about it. Um, I mean, I think we just accepted folklore that, you know, the school that I went to was, you know, re- reported to be haunted. You know, the neighbor was, was nicknamed Murderer's Row. There was all the, you know, it was an old community. It was, you know, one of the earliest settlers place in Canada. And I think folklore was just normal. So we just thought, I don't think we thought too much of it. And then, um, when my uncle came to watch us, he put us all upstairs to bed and he was downstairs and he started to hear um, walking upstairs, which was actually, I skipped that, was a common thing that would happen. That's one of the experiences that I had. We would all be sitting downstairs and I would hear footsteps walking and then there would, there would never be anything up there. There would be nobody. So on this particular night, my uncle was watching us and we were up asleep, upstairs asleep and he started to hear walking and he thought, 
it was kids messing around. Now, the one little boy that lived with us, um, he was paraplegic. So it meant he's paralyzed from the hips down because, and he had spinal bifida. So, and he had a room of his own. And my uncle was coming up the stairs to give me and the other two girls heck, so to speak, because he thought we were walking around and, and that was us. And when he got up there, we were all sleeping and he heard the little boy who was paralyzed. He heard him crying in the room and he went into the room and he says, like, um, what's what's wrong? Like, why are you crying? And he said, well, there's a man and he's in my room and he's walking around. And my uncle just was like, whatever, you know, you know, go back to sleep. You're having a nightmare. And he put him back to bed and start to walk out and he started to go down the stairs and he started to hear the footsteps. And then he realized they were coming from this little boy's room who was a paraplegic. And he said all the hairs on the back of his neck stood up on end and he was really scared. He was a grown adult and he didn't want to go back in the room. But there was this little boy in there and he burst back in and just grabbed him and bring him downstairs. And then he woke us up and he wouldn't let us go back to sleep upstairs because it just creeped him out. Wow. He, and, yeah, that messed up. <laughs> messed up. Yeah. yeah but you know, Lobo, if it were me and you, we'd be like, all right, hold on. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to take well, you out of the room. <laughs> yeah, I tend to run towards that kind of stuff. But yeah, we, we, it would at we'd least probably make sit me down and have a, try to have a conversation with it or something and be like, don't bug the kids. Just let them sleep. Yeah. Come on, let's go talk or something. <laughs> he probably just watched The Exorcist or something. <laughs> or oh. the Amityville Forum was like, no way. <laughs> not today, <Yeah>. Satan. Yeah. <laughs> so I, those, like I said, those are not my experiences. Those were other people's experiences. But I did, as a kid, hear the footsteps upstairs when there was nobody there. Um, everything else is, well, everybody else's tells. So have, do you, have you had lots of experiences throughout your life? Do these things tend to follow you? I don't think they do. I think they're location orientated. Yeah. I, I tend, I, I would say intuition is good. Like, like, you know, having psychic dreams is something, you know, things that are going to happen, going to happen in the future. But I would ask for hauntings and stuff mm. like that. I don't experience anything like that in any of my houses I've had as an adult. Um, unless you, there was the only one thing was after my cat died, but I, I consider that circumstantial rather than location. What happened when your cat died? Um, well, what happened after we, she was 19. We had her for 19 years. And, that's a good um, life for a cat. That's an yeah. old cat. Old yeah, it's a good cat. long life. That's a good long life. And um, we put her down. And then after I found out I was pregnant for my son. And um, so everybody probably would immediately be, th would have been thinking I'm crazy or emotional from what I heard, except for it wasn't just me that was having weird experiences. And I wasn't the first one to report it. It was actually my really logical ex-husband who came up to me and said, um, Melissa, this, this might sound really weird, but I keep hearing the cat walking in the hallway. And like, I keep thinking she's in the hallway and I keep sidestepping her. And my, I was like, you know, I think we're just really used to her being there. And, you know, we're just doing it out of habit. He's just like, came back. He's like, no. No, no, I, I honestly think I saw like a shot, like I saw her, or but she, it was just out of the corner of my eye, and I, I really think I heard her, and I'm like, yeah, okay, and then one day I swore I heard her in the litter box area, um, and of course there's there was no litter box, not no area, nothing left because I'd thrown it all out, and um, and I just was like, you know, still I just like. Yeah, I'm just used to hearing her because we had her for 19 years. And then um, 
one morning, he, my now ex-husband, he went away to, I think it was, must have been work or he to, to catch the ferry to the mainland. And we were up and he left and I went to lay back down in bed before I had to go to work. And I was still wide awake and I was laying there. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I felt, this is really hard to explain. Mm-hmm. I felt paw prints walking across my head but it wasn't just paw prints it was this icy cold tingling sensation that went right through my face with the paw prints and they walked over my head and it went like it was like it wasn't just that the pressure on my head it was this feeling that went right through my whole face and I jumped up and sat and looked around like what and I laid back down and I was trying to like like comprehend it and then they came from the other like they went that one way and they came back the other direction and I just I jumped right out of bed and I was like okay that's the cat because that's what my cat would do every time was walk one way on my head and walk the other walk one way on my head and the other before she'd lay down and, and get a position and so that's what it did and I freaked right out and jumped up I was like really upset nobody would believe me nobody believes me but I know what happened and then after that she was gone no, nothing never saw never heard a footstep and then maybe my ex was like oh I think she's gone now she just was came just to gone. say goodbye yeah, she was like, look, you're going to pay attention and know that I'm here. <laughs> That's kind of sweet. We've got it a... Was, but it was a, creepy. It was a creepy feeling. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I would... I, well, I, I can understand the creepiness of it because it's something that, that's from the pale that you're just not expecting. But exactly. like, like I, I, I would... I would love if my dog were to come and scratch on my door at night or something like that. You know, my, my dog that passed away, I, you know, yeah. I, it'd probably choke me up, but I don't think I'd be freaked out or scared by it, you know, because I was scared. I think it was just a sensation. Just it was a physiological reaction that I yeah, it was control. something that yeah. you weren't there. There's a there's something that I often say that when people have a genuine, real, honest to God, paranormal experience, there's a moment of disconnect where you're having something happen to you that you know that you just cannot explain away. And for that brief moment in time, that weird moment of disconnect is unlike anything that you've ever experienced before, you know, and it's, it's, it's a very strange uncomfortableness that, you know, and then by, by the time you realize (laughs) it, it's done and over with and it's gone. Exactly. It, you know, and it's it's something you have to experience to be able to understand. You can I can describe it. Yes, it's a moment of disconnect, but you just it's it's just something that just pulls you right out of where you're at. You yes, know, and it's really exactly. really weird. And that's the only that's the only uncomfortable thing about having one of those kinds of experiences when you have something happen like that. It's not so much the like for me, if I like, I was out at Soraya's last week, and he was showing me around his property, and we went to this graveyard, and I kept saying, "All right, if there's something here, come on out, you know, it's, let's let's meet, introduce yourself." And Soraya was like, "Yeah, if something would have came out, it would have scared the crap out of you." And I'm like, "I, I it might have, probably, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm sure I would have gotten over it real quick because I was, you know, I invited it to that yeah. point." But it's one of those things where it's like. It's a very difficult, strange experience, you know, <laughs> and if something yeah. were to have appeared, I probably would have freaked out for a split second until cooler heads prevailed. And, you know, I would have tried to absorb the experience and for what it was. That's what I say about people trying to measure stuff and do all that stuff. I'm like, it's so fleeting. Yes. It's like, good luck catching it. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, mm-hmm. like, I mean, if I, I imagine if I were somebody who saw ghosts all the time and stuff, you would finally get to a point where you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's a ghost, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The, 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 the newness or that weird sensation would probably – and I would like to get to that point to where it's like, okay, I've seen enough of this weird stuff anymore. But by the same token, it's like that sounds kind of odd to be like – I want to get to a point where I've seen so much weird shit that I can deal with it. <laughs> And you wonder why I run it stuff. (laughs) It's been going on my entire life. So it's like, okay. Yeah. But even you have had, like, even you still have moments of weird, like when you, when you almost died, even for what it was worth. That's a different story, homie. (laughs) You almost died. Yeah. Yeah, He almost died. That's great. That's intense. Yeah, that's why I said you need to have him on his show to tell his story. Cause I'd be really curious what the illustrator does as he's telling his story. So it's, it's oh my a, god, that would be awesome. It's, it's, well, I was kind of looking for someone to do either death or near death experience. Yeah, well, I had one lady, but she was like mm, apprehensive because I, it was there's a visual element to it, so she didn't want to be on visually. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I respect that, yeah, I respect that. <laughs> oh, let's talk visual elements. <laughs> you don't have to go out, you could actually have just your icon picture be on the Google chat, you don't have to go on. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm nothing to look at. So <laughs> you just put your little icon in, and we just do voice talk. <laughs> well, his experience wasn't the light at the end of the tunnel kind of story. No, nah, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. There was no baby Jesus. There was none of that. Oh, <laughs> he was like in one of the nine <laughs> planes of hell. <laughs> I mean, we laugh that's, about it now, but <laughs> that's even that's even more interesting because those are rare. Well, it was interesting. I think there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about it. So and I told you you'd do that. And that was four years ago. God, was it really been that long now? Has it been four 2014, years? 2014, homie. February wow. of 2014. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, I know. We did the show. He was gone for a little. He, he made took, me come on and record everything. So. Yeah. And, the, and then... um. Well, you went on Sarai and did a show on there. I don't know if did you ever go back and finish telling your story as a Patreon episode or anything like that. I don't remember. Maybe I don't, I don't remember. remember now. Yeah, he needs to come on your show and talk to you. That you guys, you, <laughs> you guys would flip <laughs> between. He's got weirder stories than I do. I've got weird stories, but Lobos far exceed anything beyond the normal realm of of strange. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I say I would love to have him come on there and be like, "All right, let's see your art, your artist interpret this." <laughs> So I think I um, broke your artist. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very possible. Uh, Cuz you know well, so, John is John is an eccentric Englishman, so nice. <laughs> he might be up to the challenge. <laughs> so, um do you have any other stories you'd like to tell or do you just want to jump on to the whole family relation well, with which which trials? We can we can jump on to that. I mean, I mean I can like there's I'm sure there's lots of stories, but there's always other times. <laughs> well, where do we start with that? Because you gave me the basics of it. So well, you, I mean, do you, okay, you do you, you have family that was involved with witchcraft on the on the European side or or just the no. American side or well, what it what what it was is I was doing an interview um with folklore revival. And we started talking about witch cults and witchcraft and the history of witchcraft and who was persecuted. And we started to do a comparison. I did a mini comparison on what happened in European, which, which like England and Europe and how things went down in like Salem witch trials. 
And I was just saying, you know, in Salem witch trials, like in, in European witch trials, 85% of it was women being accused. And ironically enough, they were being accused by other women uh, for the most part. But in um, when you go to um, America, you've got, um, you know, sort of men and women being accused. And I started talking about that. And then I bring up the, the point that I, when we were doing genealogically, you know, research, gene, genealogical research, um, I mean, we had known about this and we had known about our connections up to different um, royal families, but we um, also found, realized that we were connected to a man named um, Robert Khalif, who had been involved in the Salem witch trials. And um, he was... Um, he he influenced he he played an influential role by examining the accusations of Cotton Mather. If um, you don't know who Cotton Mather was, he was like he's sort of like an inquisitor. He was a Puritan minister um, who was, uh, you know, a really big part in um, in the Salem witch trials. He was he wrote mysteries of the invisible world. Yeah. Well, Cotton Mather didn't. The other guy did. Correct. Um, so Cotton Mather wrote, wrote histories of the invisible world, okay. but Robert Calif, my relative, sort of a little bit tongue in cheek to counteract him, wrote more <laughs> um, mysteries of the mysterious world because he he was sort of um, he went against Cotton. Ma he, he so Cotton Mather's wrote wonders of the invisible world, being an account of the trials of several witches lately executed in New England. That was the title. And I believe Cotton Mather wrote one called More Wonders of the Invisible World. And I'm pretty sure he was sort of counter-arguing um, Cotton Mather's um, evidence of it. And his belief was that um, arguments that Christians should rely on scripture, not superstition and mythology. I'm not sure what he meant by that. But, well, um, what they, what they, I've got actually got a copy of the book in front of me, like here, um, yeah. the um, Malice Maleficorum was That's this different book was, well, that was the book that they used to determine if somebody was a witch okay. for the most part. So when he's saying that we need to rely on scripture, you know, go by the Bible to, to use yeah. instead of using this book, because this book is, it's, it, it's batshit crazy. Well, yeah. not Witch that, hammer. yeah, <laughs> not that with the other methods would have been just as crazy, but yeah. like this, there's this, this, the stuff, it's, it's insane. Right. Like go out and find a copy of this book if you can. It goes in there about how there's certain markings on genitalia. It talks about how yeah. witches can come in the night and steal men's penises. Um, it's just a nutty book. Like to read it, you just open up. Any, it's like one of those books where you just yeah. open up any page, put your finger on a spot and start reading and you go, what the hell is this? Um, so that's probably what they're talking about because when, when they were using this book, it was already out of date. It was already a crazy book as it was to begin yeah. with. Mm -hmm. But it was just, hey, it's handy. I've got a book and this says you're a witch. So, you know, yeah. that's what they used over in the UK. That's what we're going to use here. Yeah. And I mean, I know um, Caliph there, he was a merchant or of some sorts, but he would have been fairly religious. But he being a merchant and business person, it seems like he did have a lot more logic and had a realization that the people being accused were not witches, that they were being accused by, you know, hysterical children and and that it wasn't. He obviously had the sense to know that to counteract what. 
Cotton Mathers was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, there might be some of the people that were related to in the witch trials, but I can't say that for sure. I don't have that information. But I know now with Robert, it would have been maybe his grands, one of his grandsons, um, John Calif, one of the dis, like his future grandchildren who went up to Canada because they would have been um, fleeing America because they were loyalists to the British crown. And of course, America had gone independent and would have seen anyone who was loyal to the British crown as a traitor. So instead of getting hung, he went up to Canada. (laughs) It's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's yeah, just some unfortunate bit of um, history there. <laughs> between Canada, United States, and um, in Britain, hmm. but uh, yeah, it was um, it was interesting to to see that sort of connection. It's very distant, but I still find it really fascinating. Have you gone and like tracked down your family roots? Are there any further than that? Or oh yeah, um, well, on my I know my grandmother's side. See, he would have been, yeah. So he would have see those Cleefs would have married into through a couple generations into the Fry family and the Fry family is who I'm linked through. That's my great grandmother's that goes right through to England, right up to the Plantagenets and the Lancaster and John of Gaunt. Mm. Um. So War of think War of Roses. Um, yeah, they, that's they, no that joke. That kind of yeah. That it is like it's it's we've got the whole family tree. It's like. Um, at one point, relatives would have owned Bamberg Castle. I actually, we did a Patreon episode. Um, John lives, my co-host lives up there, and I made, I didn't make him. He was in that area, and I was like, go storm the gates. <laughs> and he went and filmed the castle for me, and I was like, come on, put my flag up there now. My castle. Awesome. <laughs> he wouldn't do it. Right, then, we're going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, as soon as he got to the gatehouse with his camera, the internet went out. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Oh. I know. They were like, we got you. <laughs> But yeah, there, it's just interesting. It's like, oh, you, you sort of look at that history and you're like, well, if someone had made a different decision, I could be sitting in a castle right now. Or you could have <laughs> lost your head. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Or you died of the plague or... Well, you know. It's true. Yeah. It, that, as, yeah. as happens. It's so. fascinating stuff. But I mean, of course, when my family came over and it went right through to the Fry family and they came over and they were wealthy. They owned um, islands and mansions, but they lost it all in the 1930s in the Depression with bad business choices. It wasn't mm. easy to do in those in that time. Mm. Yeah. That sucks. So yeah. with you having all of these experiences um, and everything that's happened to you is that what led you to like start looking into the paranormal or is it just something that you gravitated and fell into? I think, I think my family has always been interested in that. And it was just something that, um, because I'm going to say like, because of that experience when I was young and then I grew up around tales and, you know, people always told me that the hospital I was born in was haunted and Oh, that, that person saw this and it was always there. And then I knew, and you know, you know, you have this historical line. I didn't know it was up to Kings and Queens and Plantagenets and all that stuff, but I think you just grow up and you develop, you either cut it off and you have different interests. And, and I've done that. I've cut it off and gone a certain way, but um, it's, it's, I think it's, um, it always loops around back. 
it has to you have to come back to it because I think it's an essential part of you and if you cut it off you're sort of um, killing a part of you that's really important where whether it's it's it doesn't matter if you believe in that stuff or not or but it's like folklore history family history mm-hmm. and sort of keeping that alive is really important I think hmm. I agree mm-hmm. well and so uh, no go, oh, ahead. go ahead I'm like no I was and I was just gonna say like we had um, my grandmother's aunt, um, aunt and I'm saying that the British way, aunt. I know it's American. Um, she would have been like in the spiritual movements. And so she was very influential on the family because my grandmother's mother died really young. So she was the matriarch and she was into tea leaf reading and spiritualism. So she would have been a heavy influence on everybody as well. And so she was linked to that family, you know, right up into all those Plantagenets. And she lived a very regal life because she was with she was born into the family that was really wealthy before they lost all the money and she was a spiritualist and a medium. And so that was all there as well. So has any of that stuff been passed down to you through the family or anything? Like you mean like psychically? Well, no, I mean like, you know, this, like I've, I've, I've got a part of my family that, um, boy, this is something I've ever talked about. We've got, we've got people in our family that have done things like that tea leaf readings or whatever you want to call it. And it's kind of been passed down through generation through generation as, as well as other various odd things that I, that I don't want to go into because they border on the realm of woo woo. But, um, you know, there's stuff that's been passed down through my family as well as Lobo. I believe he's had things that have been passed down through his family with different magic practices and so forth. So was there any time? Yeah, we're not afraid to talk about it, though. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I um, never and I never have before this and I probably never will. But, there you, it, go. you know, has, has this stuff been passed down to you through a family lineage in any way? Yeah, I, my mom always did what's called I think it's called testimony. It's it's instead of tarot reading it's like fortune reading with just a regular deck of cards mm-hmm. and so that's i saw that before long before tarot but my mom always did testimony. my grandmother never did interestingly enough although my grandmother had experiences but my mother was the one who learned from that aunt's aunts and she always she does testimony and she still does that and tarot readings and um and believes and stuff like that. And so, you know, sometimes if I'm there, I'll just flip her cards out and, and just, I don't go by rules. I just sort of wing it. Chaos magic kind of way. I was going to say that's, that's a very chaos magic of you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah if it works, you know? like, let's just read it and see what we feel. But, um, and, um, but my mom always liked to grab the deck of cards. And, um, I know one relative one time when my mom told the cards, she said of a death, uh, impending death and what my uncle my mother's brother like two days later was shot in 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 a he was playing as a musician in a bar and got into a big hustle and someone pulled a gun on him and almost killed him and that was it nobody would tell the cards for like he did fortunately he did not die he's still alive today doing music and traveling around and stuff but he almost died it was touch and go and after that i don't think no one would tell the cards for a long time it freaked everybody out but i i don't i don't know if it was true or not that's their story um but it free it, it it freaked them out but it, i mean that could have meant been meant for anyone and if he was going to die he would have died <laughs> huh. so, so it was like they they do believe in that i i maybe not as superstitious but it's it's there who's saying aunt yeah, I see. Yeah, who what? calls? The- I do. Why? 
Because I'm from um, Michigan. A lot of Americans do. A lot of Canadians do. I say aunts like the British. And I've people in Canada aunt make fun my whole of me. life, and the wife too. There's ants are little really? bugs you kill. Yeah, yeah it's I, true. I know, but a lot of people make fun of me for that. They're like, oh. aunts, it's ants. And I'm like, okay, I thought it was an American. I also call American soda thing. pop. So, well, you're <laughs> clearly wrong. <clears throat> well, Coca Cola. <laughs> what do you, get? do you guys call it pop up there, or you call it soda? Both. You hear both. Yeah. Soda pop, soda pop. Okay. Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Canadians are more I intelligent. Do. That's why I did. Um, I have oh. that North Americans drink a lot more soda pop than than people in the UK do. What do they call it in the UK? <laughs> Even myself, I drink more than people. Like they're just like, oh, it's a real treat just to have a regular. They call it a full fat, a full fat pop. I'm like, what are you talking about? Full they don't fat. a lot. Of, they call it like the what stuff with the full sugar in it. I've heard them call it full fat. Yeah, you're talking to like, two guys that are full fat. Yeah. So. <laughs> Short, full fat, and taller, full fat. But what they mean is what they mean is full sugar. <laughs> but they yeah, call I don't it drink full, full sugar. Fat. Yeah, I, I drink everything. Yeah. I drink is diet. So yeah, Ugh. I'll have uh, every once in a while. If every everyone gives me heck, but I will have a Coke Zero every once in a while. Oh. You know, you you can swear here if you want to. I've noticed that you've done that like three times. Now. Every- I'm being so polite and no, so Canadian. Because you're Canadian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm Canadian. Yeah, right. I'll be swearing like a sailor. Well, for what it's <laughs> worth, I, I'm I'm sad that your country didn't make it to the Stanley Cup this year. So, <clears throat> I don't know anything about that. It shows how Canadian I am. You wait, what? You you don't pay attention to hockey? You're Canadian. And you don't pay attention to hockey, dude. That's like saying just because I'm Puerto Rican, I have to like rice and beans. Yeah, Come but you on, don't man. live in Puerto Rico. You 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 live in America. She lives in Canada. I mean, that's 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 part of I what they are. Know. I'm oh. a weird Canadian. <laughs> you need to have your maple leaf card taken away from I'm you. I'm too busy working on paranormal podcasts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Next you're going to tell me you don't know what poutine is. I do, but I don't eat it. Oh my God. I oh, not eat it. <laughs> I've eaten it, but I don't, I went like, if like, like everyone's like, oh, do you eat this? Do you, do you, ha- you've ate, you eat maple syrup all the time. I'm like, no. You tell me really. you don't drink beer too, right? You're going to tell me you don't drink beer? Drink wine. <laughs> You don't even have a Canadian accent. I think we're being I, th- I think we're being uh, catfished here. <laughs> oh no, we do have an amazing microbrewery downtown called um. You have Gladstone. them everywhere in Canada. That's part of being Canadian. <laughs> Gladstones. You can go in there. It's like you're going into an old time microbrewery and you're just down. And it's actually I've had beer there and it's really good. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god! Wow. I, you're, yeah, I told you you were talking to a Canadian who should probably, like, I don't know, move to Europe. Oh, you sound like an American <laughs> expat. <laughs> God, next you're going to tell me you've never heard of Nickelback, which is probably a good thing. Oh, geez. There's, yeah, I've heard of them, but I've never bought an album. <laughs> I shouldn't be so mean. They, they can't. I mean, there's got to be worse. No, I mean, Lobo's a fan no, of no, him, so he's not. got the greatest hits. <laughs> So <laughs> you've got the greatest hits. They don't have any greatest hits. <laughs> uh, oh, all right, Melissa, we've had you for uh, about an hour now. And um, again, tell people where they can find you if they want to find your show or they want to listen to you or do you get, do you guys put your artwork up for people to see as well? Well, 
you know, the best place to go is to our website, which is www.espirit.tv. And on there are all the links to the podcast version. So they're on iTunes, Stitchers, Google Play, TuneIn. There's also the YouTube version. And also um, we're on Instagram. So the Instagram is like ESPTV13. But all the links are there in the photo gallery. Also, please, everybody go to our Facebook page, ESP Drawing Out the Spirits, because we do most of our updating in there. And every once in a while, we do a live update and John makes funny faces or draw or I will drink wine and talk to people. So you are an audio and go ahead, Lobo. I said it's cool. So you guys Um, are an audio and video podcast? Yeah, we started out as video and then we decided because a lot of people kept asking us well, I, you know, I want to listen to it on podcast. I decided to export it as um, an audio and just put it up as a podcast as well so they could either watch it because a lot of people just like to listen to the conversations mm-hmm. as they drive. They don't want to necessarily watch it, so we decided to put it in both. So people can listen or they can watch. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 said, I, I would say listening is good while you're driving, if you have time, you know, while you're sitting down, you can watch. Watching takes more of an investment. <laughs> but he but draws the he go. draws the pictures as you guys as the stories are being told, so he kind of brings yeah. them to life on camera. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's worth watching it if you if you want to see that happen, and then you can get to know the people who are on as well. And um, so, if you were to have Lobo here on, and he he only has because he doesn't have a camera, and he only had an icon on the screen, he'd still have a be camera. Wait, would he you would you do a video podcast? Eh, maybe. He he doesn't have to, but he doesn't have to go on video. If he like Soraya was on and Soraya, we were on video, but Soraya just talked. He wasn't on video. Mm-hmm. Um John didn't draw on that episode, but he John can still draw. Mm-hmm. Uh you don't need to necessarily be on there visually. You can just be on audio and they can just look at our ugly faces. Oh my god. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> they can just watch John make funny faces. If only I had a co-host <laughs> like, that would do something like that. Shut up, you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for coming on here and saving my skin, because at the last minute, I had no idea what the heck I was going to do. And you were like, hey, I'll come on your show. And I'm like, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. So let's press record. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So I I get to hang out with my witches. But um, that was a bad joke. It was really. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was glad to get to meet you. um, Yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah. yeah, thanks for coming on here. You know, I'll, we'll tell everybody to go check your show out, and they, hopefully they listen to you on here and go check you guys out. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks yeah. again. We're pretty awesome. Go check us out. <laughs> it's awesome. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. Good evening, everybody, or... 
morning or afternoon or whatever. My name is Adam. And I'm Matt. And we are Graveyard Tales. Now, if you like stories of ghosts, hauntings, the paranormal, preternatural, and the downright weird, and you enjoy a few laughs as well, then you should probably check us out. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Come join our Facebook group at Graveyard Tales Podcast or on Twitter at G-R-V-E-Y. Just go search Graveyard Tales. That would be easier. We look forward to seeing you in the graveyard. See you soon. I don't, I, since we're in the middle of a conversation. All right, so yeah, that was Melissa Martell and blah, blah, blah. We're in the middle of a conversation, so I'm just going to hit record. <laughs> well, we've already, she's a sweetheart. We've already said everything she we is. can about Even though I, I question the legitimacy of her Canadian citizenship. No, dude, why? Because she doesn't have any form of a Canadian accent. She does. You have she to listen not. to it when she talks. No, she does not have any form of a Canadian she accent. does. But she does have that Canadian politeness sensibility because we were like, swear, cuss, say something bad. And she Do finally it. did off of the air. Yeah, but, exactly. Too so polite. Not that that's a bad thing. She doesn't, listen, she doesn't watch hockey. Now, I didn't want to ask her if she listens to Rush because there's a lot of people that live in Canada that won't admit they're Rush fans. And that's fine. I understand that. Of course, mm-hmm. I had to throw Nickelback in there. Um, yeah, held and off she's on the- never coming on again. Held off on the Justin Bieber. Didn't want to do that. We don't know her well enough yet to be, you know, making Justin Bieber jokes to her. Um, So anyways, um, so I was talking to you before, like the whole thing, like before she even bugged me, I'm like, no guest tonight, blah, blah, blah. And then I get people that bug me. They're like, hey, let me come on your show, blah, blah, blah. And these are people that I know in real life or whatever that have no idea what we, they're just friends with me from real life that don't bother me a whole lot on my Facebook profile because they know I'm there for the show. But they're all like, let me come on your show. And I'm like, do it. No, because you don't got a microphone. No, I don't want to do that. I don't. Dude, stop being such a wimp. But you said you would do it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you do can it. do it. Because... I'll have someone on the Spark that knows absolutely nothing about what's going on. And yeah, just but let the Spark print. works that way. You could yeah. do that with the Spark. And I, yeah. can't, I can't do that with what I do, though, because it doesn't quite tie into. I wish people could see my hands wildly gesticulating right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Sucolos right now, whipping his hands around. Yeah, all over. I, I noticed that I did that when I was. Um, on Soraya's show, yep, I was kind of sure live streaming, and I noticed when I was in the studio talking how much I'm like waving my hands around talking and stuff like that. Again, I think I scared the shit out of Daniel Harms. Um, <laughs> Probably, dude, he's never coming on again. Thanks a I lot. do. I really think that I, I really think I, I I scared that guy away. But you he does have a new book coming for out too. Everyone. He might come back on. He probably would. Um, but uh, yeah, like for you, that would work because you can just grab people and talk about whatever because that's the way the format of your solo thing works. Yeah, but I can't. There's a reason for that. Yeah, I can't do that though. I, I want it to be that. organic. Yeah, but it doesn't like with me. I it, for me, it has to fit somewhat with the topic of what we do, for the most part. Yeah, chaos magic. <laughs> like well, random. I guess so. I guess like you and Shelly somehow managed to pull these shows out of your ass and they work. And wow, hear that show. Well, you guys do. I mean, you guys just kind of sit down like what, like what we just did. We're going to talk about dead things. Bloom. Okay. This blah, blah, blah. Cause mm-hmm. I've heard your show prep and, and you know, so you have some of my habits in your show prep, but then you guys just hit record and you just wing it and go. Yeah. Just let but it she go. did buy a better microphone. She went out and finally got a good microphone for us. Cool. So her end that way when her or Chuck or whatever. They yeah, come don't, well, she'll be back on here not yeah. too long from now. Well, I damn near contacted her tonight. If I had had enough topics ready to go, I would have contacted her tonight. So, 
but I just didn't like. I was like, I don't know. I think I'm going to be a little whiny bitch and go to bed. And instead, I you know, instead we ended up pulling through on it. So, anyways, um, I do have a show very much. It's about ninety five percent carved in stone. Where Kutch is going to be coming on with a co-host with oh, me. Oh, he's coming on the Spark. Yeah, that's the problem. We need him for three separate shows. Yeah. The one that so, we're doing has nothing to do with what you're doing. I know at that. At all. I know that. I know. I know what you guys are going to do. And I, yep. I hope you take it in some weird directions. But Oh, don't worry. It will. Don't he's worry. He's got his new book coming out. And then we got a woman named Ines coming on, or Ines, who was on where uh, Timothy Renner's show okay. um, talking about the Dame LeBlanche, the white women. Yeah, that's right. Um, yep. mm-hmm. And Josh heard the show and he's like, yes, I want to come on and talk to her. And she's like, I'm a big fan of Josh's. And I'm like, this is great. Peanut butter and chocolate, two great tastes that go right together. Let's see if we can make a candy bar out of this. So the problem is that she lives in France and she's six hours ahead of us. Josh is incredibly busy, who probably I'm not even sure if he's going to hear this. He's not <laughs> as busy as you think he is. Man. Well, we, we can never get a hold of the guy. So, anyways, dude, um, I can call him right now and get a hold of him. Well, you have his phone number though. I don't have his phone number. Uh, but I, I have to send out. Wait a minute. As I'm talking about him, he just see? He, he just sends me a message on Facebook about the Boom. very topic that we're talking about see? right now. All right then. So, as of right now, he has confirmed with the date and the time. So, this episode, when it works, um. <clears throat> Okay, yeah, the time change. Okay, yeah, it's going to work, but it's... Hold on, I'm, huh? since we're doing this in real time, I'm going to do this live. This is funny because yeah, we're talking about you on the air right now. Nice. Exclamation point. There. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm trying to get to... I got to thank our Patreons because we had a couple of Patreons come through for us in spades. Yep. Um, did you read the thing about about the reading uh, articles in an Asian accent again? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think you uh-huh. should do that. I think you should no. do that. Um, we'll see. Yeah. You need to find Palpatine and play that again. I don't know which one it is, but uh, uh, Nicholas is sending us care packages, so I got to send oh. a shout out to him. Wait, N- what? Nicholas Sykes. Nicholas Sykes from over in the UK is going to be sending us care packages. Oh, I want some jelly babies. So he's going to be sending us some stuff. Um, but I do have a Patreon. Oh, Robert Groom. That's the guy who wants you to read more articles in an Asian accent, yeah. which I'm completely down for. We need to do more <laughs> of that. Uh, but he has contributed to a big time on Patreon. We have a lot of people that have contributed to us big time on Patreon. We have that someone I, uh, that's contributed on Patreon that is not going under the same name that they use on Facebook. There's a few people that are doing yeah. that. So, there's a few people that are doing that. And I'm not really sure why. I would, we I know who you are. And let thank us know you. who they are to to be able to give them a shout out, um, you know, for the most part. Um, yeah, Aaron and Jamie, they've also contributed to us on Patreon. Uh, Glenn Davis has con- contributed to us. Rosemary Stearns has contributed to us on Patreon. This is long overdue that I need to thank these people because I never, ever bring up our Patreon, which if you want to go to so you can go to patreon.com forward slash Project Archivist and find us. Throw us a couple of bucks if you want to. We've got a whole bunch of bonus content up there, extra shows. Um, uh, Eric Wojciechowski has... Um, given me a copy of his book to give away to people. If they, you know, if they join our Patreon, they want a copy of the book on PDF or some EPUB, I can shoot them or I can shoot that over to them. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we don't do this for the money, but it does help. Uh, Arnie has helped us out a few times. Um, mm. Jason Baruti, uh, Sherry Bean, 
uh, Danny Reese, all you guys, Allison, James, all you guys have taken care of us on Patreon. I'm not going to go and say how much money people have donated nah. because it's not the amount of money that matters. It's the fact that nope. you were cool enough to come and help us out. Well, so I, I needed to get that out of the way. Having said all that, we're babbling, and I'm really, really, really freaking tired right now to the point where I'm not going to edit this until tomorrow being Sunday after I deep fry a turkey. Um, Again? Yeah, I got another one. I'm going to deep fry a turkey. Nice. Well, last time I did it, the weather was a little bit too cold, so the regulator froze up, so the turkey... The, Kirky. The turkey didn't quite deep fry all of the way. So now that it's actually warmer out and summer is here, I'm going to do it again. Because when when, cool. when Thanksgiving comes and the turkeys are really cheap, we've got a big, huge lay-down freezer in the basement that we could fit small. You Dude, know, turkeys some... are really cheap now. Yeah. So well, when they're on <laughs> sale for super cheap, we buy them. And because yep. I like turkey. So yeah, turkey's I awesome. like turtles. I but, like uh... turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't know when your next show is going to be back the week after or what. I don't know. Your schedule is still completely I'm going to try and record something while I'm quote unquote off, Mm -hmm. but we'll see what happens. Whatever. It's your schedule, your time, your convenience. Yeah. It's going to probably be one of those in the middle of the day when I'm supposed to be doing something important kind of things. Oh, Oh, did you hear the new conspiracy theory that Morgan Freeman is actually Jimi Hendrix? Oh, for God's sakes. Not that 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 would be bad. Uh, Jimi Hendrix reinvented himself as actor Morgan Freeman in the 1970s, shortly after faking his own death, researchers claim. According to Internet sleuths, Morgan Freeman's sudden rise to fame in the 1970s occurred after Jimi Hendrix supposedly died September 18, 1970. Well, well aware one.com, which is obviously a reputable site by the name of it, reports you can attempt to deny us all you want, but the evidence is clear. Morgan Freeman, the actor known as the pseudonym, go away pop up ad, also known That's as a musician, the pseudonym? no, also known as that pseudonym, uh, uh, was also known as musician Jimi Hendrix. It was first, I was first to report this and stand by my findings. And they have a side by side picture of them. There is there is a kind of a resemblance there, but they don't they don't talk the same at all. Their their voice doesn't sound the same. Like hmm. Morgan Freeman could narrate his own birth and it would be cool. Yeah, um, but maybe that's the thing. Maybe he changed the way he speaks. Do I need to go on? No, not really, because if you have any ability to critically think and apply common sense, as obviously the person writing this doesn't, you know for a fact with a scientific evidence as well as supporting proof of his spouse, know what I am saying is fact, spelt capital F, capital A, capital C, capital T, Period. If you claim to disagree, if you claim to disagree, even after you are looking at the proof in front of you, it shows you are thinking in a conditioned state and that you are benefiting from this line, this lie somehow. Oh. How would I be benefiting from the lie that Morgan Freeman is Jimi Hendrix? Anyways, uh, the facts are clear. The evidence is sound. Even more proof. Then they've got these weird drawings of the veins on their hands oh, and boy. the way that he holds. You know what? I'm just going to send you this link. Hold no, on please a don't. Yes, I need oh, to. No, God. we're going to suffer. If people are still listening this long into the show, we're all going to suffer together there. Uh, James Dude, Marshall, Jimmy Hendrix. This- Oh, God. Born John Allen Hendricks, November 27th, 1942, September 18th, 1970, was an American guitar singer. I don't want to read his background. Born in Seattle, Washington, Jimi Hendrix began playing guitar at the age of 15. Yeah, get to the good stuff. He thought he was an alien. Did you know that? Yeah. 
Well, he probably thought a lot of stuff because he was on a lot of drugs. Oh. Uh, he was discovered while in the army, blah, 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 blah. Morgan Freeman, born 1937, is an American actor. Now it just goes into their whole background here. Uh, he was injured in an automobile accident in rural Mississippi on August. I'm not going to read the rest of this because it doesn't make any sense. But See? these people are trying to say that Jimi Hendrix and Morgan Freeman are the same people, which I'd be completely fine with. That would actually be pretty cool, you know? I guess. I think sure. So. But they just—I don't know. I, I, <laughs> they, All they have to they, do they is do a the, simple DNA test. Well, look at the picture. Look at the picture. You can see it in the Skype, the, the Skype chat window. I see I it. Yeah, I can no. see where they would say that. No, but I don't think so. No. 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 <laughs> now, Bill Hicks being um, uh, oh God, who the hell am I talking about? Blah blah blah. You know what I'm I talking about? I, I'm completely drawing. The, this, Alex the, the, Jones? Alex Bill Jones. Hicks. Bill Hicks and Alex Jones being the same person. Yeah, except Bill Hicks is cool. Well, Bill Hicks died and recreated. He, he faked his own death and recreated himself. Uh, yeah, except no. <sighs> Come on. Dude, no. Alex Jones Come was on. around before Bill Hicks died. That doesn't mean anything. What? Yeah, that doesn't mean nothing. That doesn't. Okay, it could have been a plant. It could have been a prop. It could have been a crisis actor. Well. Even though there was nobody in Christ. All right, we're done. This is it. We're, we're just <laughs> babbling on because I'm tired. Peace, folks. This is Rojan. Peace out from Detroit. This is Lobo from Connecticut. I'm not a sea pig. And we're done talking about Joshua Cushion for now. <laughs> Peace. Bye.
tired right now. It was like, do you want to do an interview? And I'm like, uh... That pillow looks really inviting right now. It really does. I could go to sleep. Okay. No, no, you're, you're talking me into it. I'm not trying to talk you into it. Yeah, but you are. Yeah, <laughs> you are. So. Okay. Go to bed. Okay. All right. All right.